You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm sitting in for Stephen Henderson this week, who's on vacation. And we are talking now about the issue of Iraqi detainees, some many of which are here in Michigan, hundreds of Iraqis who have been detained and are fighting deportation, got some good news yesterday. Federal judge here in Detroit, where about 100 of those detainees are held, ordered bond hearings for each of them individually. The judge says holding people who don't pose a serious flight risk is unconstitutional. The detainees, many of which are Iraqi Christians, were rounded up by the Department of Homeland Security over the summer. Many have been detained for six months or more, and that's what we're going to spend the rest of our show today, the rest of the hour, talking about. And we've got a couple people here who are very familiar with this case, who are involved in it. Martin Manna is president of the Chaldean Chamber of Commerce. Martin, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. And Michael Steinberg is the legal director with the American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan, which is working to free the detainees through the court system. Michael, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Jake. Let's start with uh, this ruling. Michael, talk a little bit about what this means and what the judge actually said yesterday. The judge's decision gives hope for the new year for uh, hundreds of Iraqi families across the country. Uh, What it says is uh, for those detainees uh, in custody for more than six months, they will be released on February 2nd unless one of two things happens. Uh, Number one, at a bond hearing, a judge, an immigration judge, decides by clear and convincing evidence that the detainee poses either a risk of flight or a risk of uh, danger to society. And number two, um, if there's an appeal and an appellate judge uh, stays the decision of of, uh, U.S. District Court Judge Mark Goldsmith, then um, then the person would not be released. But um, it really gives uh, hope to many that uh, all these families will be reunited and and will stop uh, senselessly warehousing uh, individuals in detention camps across the country. Mm. And Martin Manna, uh, president of the Chaldean Chamber of Commerce, again, a lot of these people who are detained are Chaldeans, they're Iraqi Christians. What is the response in the community at this point? Well, this is uh, finally uh, some, some positive news. I think we, you know, we um, have been advocating for quite some time that you just cannot uh, hold people in detention indefinitely. I think um, the, the judges a language uh, was was welcome news for us you know many of these folks have been in detention facilities for more than six months now uh, he even said that detention may stretch into years and um, you know unless the government as, as Michael stated uh, can show that their flight risk uh, or a danger to the community they should be released and um, it's been very clear these folks have been reporting uh, some for decades uh, because uh, of the country conditions in Iraq and so this is a step, definitely a step in the right direction, and uh, we're hopeful that um, things go well between now and the second, and there there isn't an appeal, and they could be reunited with their families while they seek individual uh, hearings uh, on their cases. And and talk for people who aren't uh, totally familiar with what the argument here is about those conditions if they are deported back in Iraq or uh, you know wherever they may end up. Uh, what is the concern? Well, there's a lot of concern. I, I think many people uh, are familiar that um, you know the, the, the Chaldean community, Christians in Iraq, other minorities have had uh, um, many years of persecution that date backs 
uh, centuries. But more recently, after the U.S.-led invasion of Iraq in 2003, we've seen the country go from 1.5 million Christians and fewer than 200,000 today. More than 80 of our churches have been bombed. Um, uh, we've gone from 340 churches to less than 40. The government has argued that things have improved in Iraq, and that's just not the case. Um, the country and its parliament have recently passed laws uh, that talk about uh, that no law can ever be enacted that is counter to Islam. They've recently passed a law stating that uh, if if the uh, parents of a child, if one of the parents is a non-Muslim and the other is a Muslim, the children have no um, rights but to only be Muslim. They've just banned alcohol sales. Uh, there's been ongoing uh, intimidation, uh, persecution, uh, not just of Chaldeans, but other minorities. Uh, the U.S. government just in 2014 declared that ISIS um, and other forces in Iraq, that there was a genocide being committed against Christians and Yazidis and other minorities. Uh, so there's a lot of evidence of, of what's um, happened and what continues to happen in Iraq, unfortunately. I, we hope that that wasn't the case, but the uh, the facts are very clear that there is um, uh, a lot of evidence of persecution for minorities, specifically Christians in that country. Mm. Uh, Michael Steinberg, legal director with the ACLU of Michigan, uh, talk about, I mean, this this ruling this week addresses whether or not these folks can essentially be warehoused while their cases move forward, a process that could take years, if I'm understanding it correctly. But what does it actually mean for their fights against deportation? I mean, the, the, it doesn't necessarily touch on uh, those issues, right? This is just about whether or not they can be detained while those cases move forward. Right. Uh, the decision on Tuesday was um, the latest in a, a series of positive rulings in this case. Um, if I could back up a little bit um, uh, to give some background, the there you know, on June 11th, there were hundreds of individuals rounded up, uh, Iraqi uh, Americans who uh, have been living peacefully in this country for decades. Um, some of them had committed crimes in the past, which uh, were deportable offenses, but uh, after they did their time or their probation, many of them were minor, and they, they didn't even spend any time in jail. Um, they were not deported back to Iraq because uh, Iraq was not accepting individuals. They would not repeat, repatriate, repatriate individuals. And uh, so they were released in the community. Um, they had American jobs, paid American taxes, uh, married Americans, had American children. And uh, all of a sudden, on June 11th, they were rounded up and were about to be put on a plane uh, back to Iraq um, where they face danger of persecution. And, and why the sudden change? Well, um, Tr President Trump had made a deal with Iraq. Uh, Iraq was not pleased that it was on the original list of travel ban countries. And in exchange for President Trump taking Iraq off the list, Iraq agreed to repatriate Americans that um, we wanted to send back. Or at least that's what we've been told. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, there, were, there was a plane charter. They were going to be put on, uh, they're going to be sent back to a country where many of them face the danger of persecution, death, or, or torture, uh, which violates the Constitution, which violates the Convention Against Torture, 
And uh, the ACLU, along with many coalition partners, worked with the Chaldean Foundation and others and uh, filed a lawsuit to prevent that. And what we argued is before you send somebody back to a country, they're entitled to a hearing where they can prove that um, they, sh- they, they face torture or persecution mm. and therefore should not be removed. And Judge Goldsmith ruled in our favor on that. Um, and so uh, people have been filing cases in immigration court to reopen and to prove that the country conditions have changed and that they should not be sent back. And those have been very successful. Those few that have made it uh, to the very end uh, have all been successful, and people have gotten relief from deportation. Unfortunately, this process takes a long time. In the meantime, uh, they should be released. Uh, They've been, uh, you know, released into community for... Uh, decades and and have been uh, living without committing crimes, being productive members of society. And we say uh, that while their decisions, uh, while their immigration courts proceedings are ongoing, they should be in the community. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. Coming up, we're going to continue this conversation about Iraqi immigrants who have been detained in Michigan for months. listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Jake Neer. I'm sitting in for Stephen Henderson, who's on vacation. And we're talking about this issue of Iraqi detainees, many of which who are right here in southeast Michigan, hundreds of Iraqis who have been detained, who are fighting deportation, and who got some good news last or, or just yesterday, actually. A federal judge here in Detroit said that those detainees deserve bond hearings for each individually, and that they should not be just warehoused while their deportation cases move forward. We're speaking with Martin Manna, president of the Chaldean Chamber of Commerce, and Michael Steinberg, legal director with the American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan, which is working to free the detainees through the court system. And we had a caller who couldn't stay on the line, Rolando from Southwest Michigan. And I wanted to get his comment out here because I think it's interesting. And I'll, I'll pose this to, to both of you. But Michael, I'll start with you. Rolando says, I think it's un, it's an unfair double standard here. There are many Mexican immigrants and children here in Detroit who are facing the same issue and are not getting the attention and help Iraqis are getting. Uh, Michael, what is your what is your response to what Rolando is saying there? I certainly understand the sentiment. Um, this is this case on behalf of Iraqi detainees uh, posed a, a unique uh, issue in that people were being sent back to uh, their the country of birth uh, to be killed or tortured. Um, the ACLU is working uh, tirelessly on. Uh, immigrant rights on behalf of immigrants from uh, across the world. Um, And we're doing a tremendous amount of work uh, for Mexican-Americans and individuals who are being unfairly uh, deported. Uh, We're working uh, on DACA. We're working on unfair ICE raids. 
Um, we're working on, on cases across the state of Michigan and, and across the country. So uh, you should look to, to see uh, very soon some of our, our future actions on behalf of Mexican-Americans. Mm. Sure. And, and Martin Manna, uh, again, uh, you heard what, what Rolando from Southwest Detroit had to say. Do you do you see a double standard in how this is being, uh, the attention that this is getting uh, either at large or in the media? Well, I, I, I'm not so sure I, I agree that there's a double standard. I, I'm certainly uh, aware of challenges in other communities, and these are, are very uh, difficult um, issues that uh, everyone's facing because you're tearing apart families. Um, but as an organization, as a community, uh, you know, I've, I've written uh, an op-ed about uh, DACA. We've been in support of DREAMers and uh, working with other communities. But, um, you know, it, 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 the question really becomes uh, what role did the U.S. play here in the displacement of Christians and other minorities in Iraq? Um, most of the Iraqi nationals, if they're sent back, they're culturally illiterate. They don't even speak Arabic. Um, their birthplace, you know, where they're supposed to be sent back to, um, doesn't even exist because those areas have been taken over uh, by ISIS and other uh, extremists. And so it, it would almost mean certain to persecution or torture if they're sent back to that country. Um, so, it, you know, additional media coverage and such, it is, uh, as, as the Trump administration came into power here, probably their first uh, big sweep of, of any uh, specific group because of the change in the travel ban. Uh, the other part of this is this is the largest uh, Iraqi Chaldean community outside of the Middle East, some 160,000. And so uh, many of them are obviously impacted by this and concerned about what's going on. So I think those are some of the reasons why you've had a lot of media coverage on the issue, plus the, the new administration and the fact that the dilemma being that minorities are being sent back to certain death. It's also important to note that even under President Obama, uh, some of the prisoners at Guantanamo Bay weren't sent back to host countries like Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. uh, because of fear of persecution or the fact that they might be killed if sent back to those countries. Yeah, Rolando in southwest Detroit, really appreciate your comment there, and, uh, and, and, and thank you very much for that. We wanted to go to the phones really quick. Fawad in Detroit, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, good morning to you, gentlemen. I hope everybody's doing well. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry I might run out of focus for a minute. I'm driving a truck, so... Uh, <laughs> I, well, be I careful out there, Fuad. Yeah, but, but I do have a Bluetooth on me, so that, that should help. Um, <laughs> what do you have I to say? Push, yeah, uh, I want to push back on uh, your guest over there. Uh, generalizing is, is a bad thing. You know, when we say uh, minorities are being persecuted in the Middle East, uh, based on what happened from ISIS... It, it's, it's uh, okay, I'm very sympathetic for the Chaldean community. I have a, a next-door neighbor who is Chaldean, Christian. Uh, we, we get along very good, more than good. And uh, uh, the thing is, is that we can't just throw that out there. They, they, they've been there for 1,400 years since Islam actually uh, became a religion. You know, that's what it started. If we wanted them out, if the Muslims wanted them out, they had 1,400 years to do so. We respect Christianity. We love our neighbor Christian. Actually, right now what's happening in Iraq and in, in, in up north where ISIS used to, uh, to reside, that people are going into churches that have been destroyed. They're rebuilding them, and they're not the Christians. They're the Muslims. They're the neighbors. They are inviting people back. They are putting uh, flowers on the, on the doors. 
They're saying, look, we got rid of these people. They are, they are a very fringe minority, minority, super minority people. You know, we can't just say that these people represent anybody. They just represent their twisted ideology. Uh, second of all, you know, for, for our neighbors up here who are Chaldeans who took to heart uh, what happened from ISIS, taking up the women, this and that, we were against it. We were bleeding as they were bleeding, too. That was very, very vicious act. Now, the thing is, is that after that, that, that our Chaldeans, uh, and I'm not saying everybody, they supported Trump or President Trump now, what he brought from rhetoric, banned the Muslims. Uh, take some of them back, blah, blah, blah. We supported some of that. We rejected others. It, now, when it, when it came back and bit them first, and I'm not talking about all of them, it bit the felons. These are felons. And, you know, regardless if it's a small felony, big felony, they still have to answer to the law. This is America. Everybody answers to the law. Now, uh, if I was uh, an asylum seeker, if I was somebody who were persecuted back in my country, if I was under the uh, 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 fact that I'm, hey, I'm going to get killed if I'm going to go out there, mm. wouldn't I be a perfect citizen wherever I go? Yeah, yeah, for I what? Mean, I'm not going to go. I really appreciate I mean? I'm that. I'm not going to go to America and, and start committing felonies where I'm going to be persecuted if I go back to my country. For oh, what? I really, I really appreciate your call. Thank you so much for, for calling in. I appreciate it. You know, I don't think anyone here is, is trying to make the point uh, that Muslims, especially in America and abroad, don't have it have it difficult for sure. And, and, I, I, don't, and I think that you're right at the very top that we shouldn't make generalizations here. Um, I think what the interesting part of this conversation to me is not so much uh, comparing the plights of different groups here, but uh, what we owe each other as Americans. Uh, Michael Steinberg, I, I want to get your thoughts sort of on uh, uh, what this says about the rights that we all have as Americans or as people here in America. How do we treat each other uh, in these situations? And this is not a black and white situation. We're talking about people who have committed crimes in many instances, or at least are, that, that there is evidence to suggest that they've, they've committed crimes. Uh, but what does this say more broadly about the basic rights and freedoms that our court system provides all, all people who are here? Let me respond in a, in a couple of ways. Uh, first of all, it's a sad day in America when you have a, a, an administration that is sending individuals who have lived peacefully and productively in this country for decades back to a country where they face the danger of persecution, torture, or death. Um, that is contrary to our principles. Um, luckily, we have a court system that will step in and has been stepping in, not only in this matter, but uh, to uh, successfully stop many of the abusive uh, policies of, of this administration. Mm. Uh, I also like to point out that it's not just the Chaldean uh, deportees that are in danger of persecution or death. It's um, while in Michigan, most of the Iraqis were Chaldean, um, not all of them were. And across the country, there's Muslim and other faiths um, that were facing deportation. And they, too, face equally uh, dangerous conditions. Uh, any, but the State Department <laughs> issued a warning that, saying that an, no Americans are safe in 
uh, Iraq and mm-hmm. warning people from going there. And uh, these individuals who are basically Americans are uh, viewed as Americans are in, are in danger. And so it mm-hmm. applies across the board. Yeah. Martin Manna, uh, president of the Chaldean Chamber of Commerce, I also want to give you a chance to respond to what we just heard there. Well, a couple things. You know, we, I'm sorry, up, we only have about a minute left, yeah, so I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> often that uh, you know we have to follow and abide by the laws of the country. Well, that includes all the laws. You know, we can't violate the Constitution. The judge was very clear that uh, we have a historic commitment to individual human dignity, and you have convention against torture. So you can't just want to follow some of the laws that they committed a crime in the past and not the others. The ongoing challenge in the Middle East, you know, the Chaldeans and Christians have been in the Middle East since the beginning of Christ, not since 1400. And this has, this has been ongoing persecution. It, it's, it's a difficult uh, discussion, but it's a discussion we have to have. One of the challenges in the Middle East is many of these countries, these foreign governments, aren't willing to accept refugees. There's been ongoing discrimination about the refugee policy here from this administration, the prior administration, um, and it's not something that we're ever going to shy away from. There has mm-hmm. been historic persecution against this community, and it's a much broader discussion that I hope we can get to at some other point. Yeah, really quick, Michael Steinberg, what's next in this case? Well, hopefully uh, people will be coming home on February 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is our wish. Uh, if the government continues to fight, we will fight back, but our goal is to reunite families and uh, and keep America true to its values. This is a country of immigrants. Uh, it's a haven from persecution. These folks came here seeking uh, relief from a police state. And on June 11th, it was like a police state for many Iraqi families in, in this country. And, mm-hmm. and um, we, we hope to continue to advance civil rights and civil liberties through this case. Yeah, Michael Steinberg, legal director with the American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan, and Martin Manna, president of the Chaldean Chamber of Commerce. Thanks to both of you for joining us on Detroit Today. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. This is WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber-Davis. Our program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. Our associate producers are Gus Navarro, Aaron Allen, and Ziad Butch. And Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET Sam Bobian. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too.